This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, and welcome to our first ever episode of the Sport Horse Podcast. I'm Nicole Lakin. And I'm Tim Warden. Uh, and we're so excited to be here today. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Tim, but we actually met like a million years ago, um, long before <laughs> the Sport Horse podcast ever um, was a, even a twinkle in our eye. And and you were working managing uh, Miller Brooks Stables, and I was in the early days of of peddling barn manager software. Do you I do. remember that? I, I do remember that uh, meeting in. Uh... Down in Wellington at a uh, table in a very busy barn surrounded by a lot of activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that brings uh, me back. Yeah, and I I had no idea just how insanely smart you were when I met you that day and, and all the things <laughs> that you were studying um, until we kind of uh, were reintroduced a little while ago um, as part of the, the equine high performance sports group. Yeah, it's it's funny how it, it works out like that, right? And uh, and I think we have a couple of other mutual connections as well. And yeah, and just so impressed with what you've been able to accomplish in the in the horse world as well as a as a young entrepreneur and what you've been able to build with Barn Manager. And uh, yeah, it's been crazy to see how far we've come in a short period of time. I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Um... So the the Equine High Performance Sports Group that that brought us together is um, a really cool organization of veterinarians um, of Tim Warden who is uh, has a PhD in biomechanics and um, myself who is the only person without a doctor in front of my name but um, I try and pull my weight at leading all the technology based product uh, projects excuse me. Um, I have some experience in the techno- equine technology space that um, have contributed toward that. And, and then I'm, you know, uh, uh, somebody who loves my horse. I, I ride and compete myself in the, in the amateur jumpers. And I think it's, it's enabled us to create a group that's really focused on moving sport horses forward um, and really improving the knowledge and, and tools that are available to provide the best possible care for for the horses that we love so much. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, as you know, I, I was a rider as a kid, but I wasn't very good. And, and so <laughs> I, I sort of left the sport for a while and came back, I guess, about 10 years ago now. And yeah, like when I first came back in and I was really fascinated by the science behind the sport, I found like I was in a little bit of a silo at the start. I didn't really have a group. And then yeah, I met that equine high performance sports group, um, and that was introduced to me by uh, Dr. Tim Ober, who is uh, one of the founders of the group. I met ev- met everyone else in the group, Dark- Dr. Mark Revenaugh, who was another uh, founder of the group, and it sort of felt like home to me. And that's what uh, is really exciting about the initiative of the equine high performance sports group. It really is a place where everyone who is interested in focusing on the science behind sports and how we can make our horses have help happier and healthier and uh, perform better. Uh, it, it really allows us to chase that dream. So it's, it's a really cool group for that. It's a great mission and some very exciting initiatives that we've got rolling right now that I think will have a really big impact on the sport in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely keeping us busy, um, but all really exciting things that we definitely hope and hope to be able to share with everybody down the road. Um, but here we are <laughs> recording our first ever episode of the Sport Horse Podcast, um, and we really hope to bring some some really 
awesome guests on the show um, to to really discuss, um, you know, sort of the intersections and the gaps between science and horsemanship. You know, there's there's so much knowledge out there in sport horse care, management, training, performance, um, but it's not really shared that well and that often. And then on the other side, you know, you can speak more to this, Tim, there's so much science going into the same sort of care management development performance of human athletes that we can really, you know, learn from and, and help us be, be better, better um, companions, caretakers and partners for, for our horses. Yeah, exactly. And I think that because on one hand, it, it's sport is relatively simple, right? We, we have our, our mission. So no matter what sport uh, you are as a listener, um, you know, whether it's barrel racing, like the, the rules themselves sounds pretty straightforward or whether it's uh, thoroughbred racing or even jumping or dressage. But on the other hand, like sport is an incredibly complex thing to accomplish, you, especially in the horse world where we're pairing a human with a horse. It there, there's it's such a dynamic uh, endeavor that we're undertaking. There's so much going on, uh, and to try to manage that all is a really, really daunting thing. And I think that really our hope for this show is that you, as the listener, after every episode, can take two or three pieces of information back to your own barn and back to your own horse. And you can think about, okay, how do I apply this to my horse, and how can I use this information to ensure that I'm doing the best I can for my horse. That will allow it to perform its at its best, stay healthy, and most importantly, to be happy. So if you have a, a horse that's happy and wants to do its job, whatever that may be, then you're automatically going to get the best you can from that horse. For me, I'm definitely here to help break it down. Um, I am not a scientist or a veterinarian, although sometimes I think I am. Um, but <laughs> I'm hopefully hopefully going to um, be able to break this down for you know people like me who, who really just love and adore their horses and and want to want to do what's best for them, um, you know, at any level. Um, but that leads us to talk about our first guest, Tim, you want to take it away? Yeah. So our first guest is Dr. Percy McCray. And I actually met Percy just virtually a few years ago. She was in Texas at the time I reached out and then uh, COVID happened. So it took a while for us to finally meet in person, but uh, she is just an incredible researcher. She's done some really cool work with water treadmills. So that'll be the topic today. And um, so a little bit about Percy, she completed her doctoral degree at the University of Calgary, where her work focused on establishing the foundation for the use of equine water treadmills, both as a tool for conditioning and rehabilitation. She then went on to serve as an assistant professor of equine physiology at Sioux Ross State University in Texas, before returning to Canada, so where she is now as the lead scientist for Mayance Animal Science Division. So uh, she's accomplished a very, very large body of work in a very short period of time, which is really, really impressive. Yeah. And all those experiences make her the perfect person to discuss just how water treadmills can be used to enhance training in any equine athlete and at any level. Um, and I really, really am excited for this conversation. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Percy to our show. Percy, welcome to the Sport Horse Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, thank you. So to begin, can you give us a quick introduction to your research and describe your PhD project studying the effects of water treadmills on horses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, while water treadmills have gained a lot of popularity and traction over the last decade or so, 
Um, there's still a lot that we really don't know about water treadmills and, and our, our understanding is so limited. And so the goal of my, my PhD projects was to just start to lay some of that foundation. So we conducted four different projects. Um, the first was really simple. We just wanted to understand the workload associated with water treadmill exercise. So we wanted to know basically how difficult or how easy it was. And if we changed the speed or if we changed the water depth, how much harder or how much easier did it get? And so by um, measuring some of the, the horse's body's responses to these changes in depth and speed, we were able to see that water depth had a much greater impact on the workload or how difficult it was than speed was. And so this gave us some really good information to then set up an actual training study where we conditioned the horses on the water treadmill for 18 days and we looked at their performance on a track before and after this conditioning period. And we found that the horses that were exercised in water um, had a significantly greater VO2 max or a maximum aerobic capacity. And they also had much greater endurance. So we were really excited about this because finally we now had some evidence for the first time that you could actually use a water treadmill to condition a horse, even though we think of it as a very submaximal type of exercise. Um, but we hadn't really addressed anything on, on the biomechanics side of things. You know, a lot of people are, are looking to use water treadmills for rehabbing horses, and they're really interested in how can we use water to alleviate some of the, the load on the limbs, or how can we alter the way a horse moves uh, because of those properties of water. And so the, the final two studies looked more at the biomechanics. So for the first one, we um, wanted to look at the amount of shock that the limb experiences in the water treadmill, right? We know that the buoyancy of water is going to reduce that shock, but we had no idea about how much that shock would be reduced or what sort of optimal water depths may be. And so we found that as we increase the water depth to about the horse's belly, we can really significantly reduce the amount of concussion or, or the forces that the limb is experiencing, particularly at the hoof. And so this gave us some really key information on, you know, water treadmills perhaps being a good tool to rehab horses in them um, and also potentially being able to use them for conditioning where we can limit to some extent, some of the wear and tear that normally goes on. Can you explain to the listeners by how much the, the shock of the hoof was reduced or how much you can protect the horse with the different depths? Yeah, so we know the hoof is uh, a really important structure in terms of absorbing shock. Um, so every time that hoof hits the ground, it's going to actually expand a little bit and it's going to uh, absorb a huge amount of that shock or that concussion. And we found that as we increased that water height, we were able to really significantly reduce it, um, even though the horse is still making contact with the ground. So even though they're, they're still loading that limb, it's, so much, it's too, so much of a lesser degree, which means that there's less shock for that hoof, but also all the other structures in the limb to absorb. Uh, being a horse owner myself, thinking about utilizing water treadmills, you know, for myself as an athlete and also for, for my horse, um, you know, uh, right now she's, I have a horse that's, that's had a bit of a neck issue. So we've been looking mm. for ways to keep her conditioning without 
you know, straining that part of her body. And I know, um, you know, a lot of people are, are probably interested in maybe, you know, accessing water treadmills um, now that they're becoming a little bit more available. Uh, and I know that you contributed to a broader initiative to help really develop guidelines for, for the use of water treadmills. Would you mind talking a little bit about that and, and how, how people can try and understand the questions that you were trying to answer um, for that initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually, Dr. Catherine Nankervis at uh, Hartbury University in the UK formed the equine hydrotherapy working group. And basically, this is a way for for all kinds of people to come together and begin to uh, amalgamate and share all the information and, and, and research and personal experiences of using hydrotherapy. Um, so we've got this really wonderfully diverse group of uh, researchers and veterinarians and physiotherapists um, and water treadmill operators that come from different disciplines, um, come from all over the world. And we basically just put everyone's heads together. We meet over Zoom, uh, just like the rest of the world does now all the time, um, to try to create guidelines. So because so so much of the research has been really missing, we've had so many, so many knowledge gaps we wanted to start off with just developing some really basic guidelines for all users where it doesn't matter if you're trying to condition or rehab a horse. It doesn't matter if it's a barrel horse or a racehorse. These are just good practices to be using in general. So, so we ended up developing these guidelines as well as a consensus statement. And we're continuing to also produce other educational resources both for horse owners uh, as well as actual hydrotherapy users or operators. That's a great, it's a fascinating initiative. And it's, it's so great to see uh, in, in the equestrian community, uh, you have researchers from around the world coming together uh, and just based on experience and, and what we're learning to uh, put together these guidelines that will really advance um, how we use uh, this equipment for uh, the betterment of our horses. Uh, within the guidelines, you talk about uh, how, of course, safety of the horses and handlers is a key recommendation. But uh, what are some of the other factors that people really need to consider before using water treadmill? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, a big focus of it is safety. Um, anytime we're, we're working with horses, safety, of course, is going to be a major consideration, both for the, the horses and the handlers, um, especially considering how novel an experience a water treadmill is. So I just want to just mention that uh, anyone who's using a water treadmill, it's important to remember that this is a really new experience for the horse and just to have a little bit of patience um, as you're first introducing that horse to the water treadmill. Um, but with that being said, I've seen horses actually adapt very quickly to them. And some of them really, really love it. I actually enjoy it a bit too much and can get a little carried away with the splashing and the playing. Um, but beyond this, the safety, I think it's just important to understand that um, the water treadmill is like any other modality or tool that we use. And it's, it's not going to be used alone. It's not a, a magic cure-all, unfortunately. And so if you're conditioning a horse, incorporating some degree of water treadmill exercise can be a really great way to promote your horse's fitness, perhaps limit risk of injury and improve like mental freshness. 
Um, but you don't have to sacrifice everything else you're doing on land. And the same is true for rehab. It can be a really great tool for um, having your horse exercise in a really controlled and safe environment. But that doesn't mean you're going to throw out all the other tools you already have. So you're going to be using it in conjunction with many other therapies. Um, and so I just, I just want to say in general that I think it's really important that horse owners understand that the water treadmill can be an amazing tool, but that it's really not designed to be used in isolation. That's a, a really interesting point. And I, I, it kind of brought me back to something you said at the beginning um, when you were talking about looking at the, the horse's bodies and how they respond to the water treadmill as part of your studies. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, thinking about it from a rider's perspective, all of the other um, sort of the tools that we have in the toolbox for working on, you know, the horse's endurance or, or their strength or their fitness, um, or if they're rehabbing, um, like you said, there's different ways that we know the cues that we look for from a horse. Um, if you're riding the horse, you can, you know, and you know them well enough, you can get a really good sense of how they're feeling on, on any given day. Um, are there similar things that people can look for when they're utilizing a water treadmill as one of those tools so that they know, you know what, today's my horse just isn't really feeling it. I'm going to go a little lighter or, you know, the opposite if, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, you know, ultimately, horse owners know their horses, right? They know them better than anyone else. And they know when that horse is maybe having a little bit of an off day or, you know, it. they know that the temperature's just dropped and that horse is going to come out really fresh in the morning or whatever the case may be. So I think it it comes down to the the same ways that we make decisions for any other type of training, right? We're, we're looking for signs of, is the horse confident and comfortable or does he seem maybe a little bit wary or a little bit spooky? You know, if the horse is already feeling very spooky and this is supposed to be their first water treadmill session, maybe that's not a good day for it. Maybe you wait another day or you wait until they've had some, some turnout time. Um, and then while they're on the water treadmill, I think the, the number one thing is really just watching the horse, right? You don't have that, that same feel you get from, from riding, but it's kind of similar to lunging a horse where you can right. tell when they're starting to get fatigued or not. So I think just really closely monitoring, you know, how they're moving. Does it seem like they're starting to get uh, a little bit sloppy or alternatively, you know, are they, they, are they raring to go and you can turn it up a little bit and really make them work because they're on it that day. Um, I, I think another thing that's really would be really helpful. I, is there somewhere where people can go to learn, you know, sort of guidelines about how fast their treadmill should be moving the, you know, how long uh, they should set it for their horse. I, I would imagine, you know, there's a big difference between your horse's first time utilizing a water treadmill versus, you know, two months later. Um, but is there, is there a resource available, um, you know, that people can find to help them with that um, or, or professionals that they should, you know, really utilize when, when trying to gauge those things? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, just like any other thing that we do with horses, it, it takes some time to develop that eye and, and that mm -hmm. idea or that sense of what a protocol should look like for a horse. Um, I think a great place to start is just our, our guidelines that we've published. Okay. Um, but those are very, very general. So I think if you can speak with someone who has some experience um, or even better, you know, spend some time with them in person, 
uh, I think that's a great sense to or a great way to develop some of that sense. But it's it's going to be very individual. And I think that's that's really the the key takeaway for anyone who's using a water treadmill is that there isn't going to be one program to condition an adventure or one condi- one program to um, rehab a stifle injury. It's going to be so so much on a, a case-to-case basis, um, just like everything else we do, unfortunately. So it, it's really important, as we were saying earlier, that the horse is being closely monitored and we're, we're continuously reevaluating what we're doing um, to ensure that it, it is the best fit for that particular horse. I think that's a, a really important point about definitely staying away from a, a one size fits all or a cookie cutter approach. Um, I think if you just consider like the, the different ages that the horse may be or yeah, the different life experiences, I think that or even just how the horse is built and what its muscle build is and kind of what it's predisposed to. I think that's all really interesting. I, I wonder if you could share a little bit about, cause I feel like for many of our listeners, they probably haven't uh, had the opportunity to work with a water treadmill yet. Can you talk a little bit about what those first few times with a water treadmill are like? Like, is it the very first day you fill it up an inch or so, and then you b- build it up by maybe a few inches or like, how quickly do horses tend to get to maybe to their bellies? Like how long does that process of building them up in the water treadmill? How long will that take? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm continuously so impressed by um, how accommodating our horses are and how open they are to all these crazy things that we throw at them that, you know, seem perfectly normal and reasonable to us. Um, But yeah, usually we, we start them off quite slow. I really like horses to feel, really positive about the experience. I want them to look forward to going into the water treadmill. I want them to see it as a fun way to work out that's totally different from everything else that they're doing. And I don't want it to be something that they they dread or even worse that they're scared of. Um, so again, it will it will really depend on the horse's own disposition. You know, some horses are naturally very confident uh, and some horses it's going to take a little bit more time, but usually um, for the first session, I'll just walk the horse through the water treadmill a few times. I just want them to realize that they can, you know, depending on if there are ramps or not, they can go up the ramp confidently. They can walk through. I'm not going to close them in immediately and they can calmly walk out. It's, it's no big deal. And then you get them used to the treadmill belt starting to move because for most horses, that's also a very new experience, right? They're, they're not used to the ground moving out under them. So we'll introduce that movement quite slowly by just asking them to walk forward a little bit. And as they take that step, we'll start the treadmill belts a little bit. Um, And then if they're really confident in that, we might add a little bit of water in the first session, or we may not. Um, It it really just depends on that horse's own confidence and comfort level. Um, But I like to get a horse walking in at least a little bit of water quite quickly, if, if possible. And then I'll revisit with another session where we'll go a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Um, and I've seen horses that within two or three sessions are, are comfortable up to uh, about belly depth. And I've seen horses that take a couple more sessions. Um, some researchers and some facilities prefer to use some sedation at the beginning as well. And that may help just kind of take the edge off if the horse is 
a really spooky horse, but personally with the horses I've worked with, I've never had to sedate. So um, I think they, they are much more resilient than sometimes we give them credit for, and they can be quite game for a new experience, even though it seems kind of crazy that we're asking them to do these things. Perfect. That, that's really helpful uh, information for our listeners. And I remember when we first chatted a, a few years few years ago, Percy, um, I, I had reached out to you about the water treadmills, but then we got onto the topic of swimming pools. And I was, I was fascinated by uh, your research in swimming pools and a little bit of the comparison between that and uh, what water treadmills can do for the horses. So can you touch a little bit more on uh, the swimming pool research that you've done before? Yeah, I, I really appreciate you asking that question, Tim, because I just think this this swimming stuff is so neat and it's such a pleasure to be able to talk about it. Um, but I had a really incredible opportunity to spend some time at uh, Al Shakab Racing, as well as the Equine Veterinary Medical Center that are both in Qatar in the Middle East. And that's where we got to conduct this, uh, this swimming work that we're now starting to publish. Um, and it's, it's interesting because they're the swimming and the water treadmill are actually extremely different from each other, even though sort of on the surface, they, they look the same. And a lot of people refer to water treadmill exercise as swimming and they'll say, Oh, did your horse swim today? And it uh, makes me a little bit crazy because they are so different. So on the, the water treadmill, the horse is still walking. Usually we just use it as a walk. Um, Some facilities do also trot their horses, but they're, while their movement might be altered to some extent by the presence of the water, they're still exhibiting these gates that we they, we recognize as a walk or as a trot. Um, and that's because they're still making contact with that treadmill belt. They're still undergoing some degree of loading, even though it's minimized by the amount of water or the buoyancy of that water. Whereas in a swimming pool, the horse isn't making any contact with the ground. And so they're, they are truly swimming. They're not walking. They're not trotting. They tend to exhibit more of a, a doggy paddle. So they're doing something that we don't ever see on land. Um, and it's actually quite funny to watch because some horses have quite naturally a good swimming stroke. And some horses are naturally horrible swimmers. And they don't seem to ever get any better. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of making it up as they go. And um, unlike human swimmers, you know, we can't really coach that stroke in the same way. So, for example, we had one horse that would just, you know, basically frog kick with her hind legs and hold her front legs as tight to her chest as she could, like she was, you know, jumping and trying not to hit anything. And because she wasn't using her front limbs at all, she would start to list to one side and then have to really rapidly quit, uh, kick to right herself again. And then she'd start to list to the other side. And um, she had been swimming for five years at that point and, and showed no sign of improvement. So they, they really are doing something totally different than what we see on land. Um, so it, it's very interesting to see Um, And that there are certainly benefits associated with this type of exercise compared to the water treadmill. Um, And it it really is sort of a trade-off between what that horse particularly benefits from in their stage of of training or of of rehab, Um, because both can be used for conditioning and rehab, but they'll be used in very different ways. 
Um, so in general, swimming is much more physically challenging for the horse. So if you ever have the opportunity to observe a horse while they're swimming, you'll see that they look very taxed, right? They're, they're kind of breathing hard when they come out of the swimming pool. Um, you can tell that their heart is working hard. It's a very challenging workout for them. Whereas on the water treadmill, they're definitely not working so hard. It is, it is much more of a submaximal type of exercise. Um, and when we look at the heart rates of horses when they're swimming, they are much, much higher than when they're on the water treadmill. So we know that they are working much harder. Um, horses also breathe very differently when they're swimming. So they actually have periods of, of apnea or breath holding where they'll basically close their nostrils. Um, and, and this is thought to be associated with what's called a mammalian dive reflex. Basically, they don't want any water to get into their airways. So they're going to adopt this very peculiar breathing strategy compared to what we see on land. And so if you have a horse that has a respiratory condition and you want the benefits of water, the water treadmill may be a better choice for you than swimming because you may not want to um, exacerbate any sort of respiratory issues your horse already has. Um, another similar example is that some horses, when they swim, invert their back a little bit. Not all do this, but just some do, um, as particularly if they're really concerned about having their head high above the water. And so if your horse has any sort of soreness through the back, then you know that that type of exercise, that type of movement is not going to help them. Whereas on the water treadmill, if we use a low water height, we know that they're actually going to um, round up and through their back. And that could be a really good way to exercise that horse in, in a, a particular method that benefits and works with the horse's pre-existing conditions. Um, but, you know, this is not to say that the water treadmill is necessarily better either. It just really depends on what you're looking for. And so if the main objective is conditioning, then perhaps the, the swimming is the better option for you. And certainly many race barns do use swimming, um, both to replace some track work or also following a track workout just to cool the horses off and give them a little bit of a, a mental break as well. So even though they appear to be very similar modalities, they're actually really, really different. So I think anyone that's considering hydrotherapy um, in general for the horse, your best bet is probably to discuss with your vet um, what is the best modality for your horse based on what your goals are. Um, that's really interesting, Percy. And I, I just want to touch on, you know, you know, you mentioned some of the pre-existing conditions that would kind of lead you away from, from swimming a particular horse. Are there similar commonly accepted, you know, pre-existing conditions or diagnoses that would also contraindicate using a water treadmill? Yeah, we're, we're actually having a, a lot of discussions around that right now in the the hydrotherapy group, because none of that's really been well established yet. Um, in general, 
many users prefer to not do water treadmill immediately following a joint injection, for example, because we don't want to at all risk having a joint uh, infection. Um, So then you would just sort of give the horse a couple of days and then you could water treadmill them. Um, Some horses that have particular foot problems that are exacerbated by moisture Um, would also probably not be best candidates for a water treadmill, particularly if they're going on multiple times a day where the the hoof isn't given the the amount of time required for it to properly dry out. So some people that use the water a lot do see that um, their horse may develop some hoof conditions just associated with moisture. Um, And then another one would just be if the horse has a really big wound that would be in the water um, while operators tend to have really good filtration systems and change out the water and, you know, wash the horses before they go in and diaper them and do all these things. Obviously it's possible for there to be microbes in the water. And so we don't want to risk having a skin infection in that case, but those are sort of the primary ones. I think because the, the the water treadmill is so customizable in terms of speed and duration and, and water depth that it can really be tailored to that horse's particular um, condition or fitness in that moment. And so there's not, uh, in general, a lot of horses that I think need to stay away from the water treadmill, more just that you want a, a well-experienced operator that's able to observe the horse and understand what best practices are for that particular horse at that particular point in time. This this is all really interesting, Percy. Thank you for this. Um, We're going to finish up with the last question here. And this is something we're asking of all of our guests. And it's to think a little bit outside of the box, but if you could list three things or say three things to a horse. So if you could directly talk to a horse, (laughs) what three things would you want to tell them about a water treadmill? What what should they know? Or what do you wish horses knew (laughs) who are using a water treadmill? Well, I would, I would love if I could even just say one thing to a horse and they, they understood it. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) My horse is probably thinking the same thing about me though. So um, if there were three things I wanted them to know, uh, probably number one would be, please don't poop in the water treadmill. <laughs> we do diaper them, but, uh, even still it, uh, can be quite icky as I'm sure you guys can imagine. So we like when the horses avoid doing that, but there, are, there are certain repeat offenders that, um, seem to reserve all their manure for when they're in the water treadmill. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, anyone that's rehabbed a horse knows how absolutely heartbreaking and soul crushing it can be when you are trying so hard to do everything for your horse to heal them and they act like you're trying to kill them. So it would be nice if they knew how hard we try to help (laughs) and maybe appreciated it a little bit more. And maybe just to not purposefully splash the handler. That would be nice too, because some of them do it on purpose. (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) It's very, very cute, except for when we get them all instrumented up to collect data. And, you know, they're wearing thousands of dollars worth of equipment that's really not supposed to be anywhere close to water. And that's when they start pawing. (laughs) Fair, fair. 
Awesome. And if, if, you know, anybody uh, was, was looking to, you know, learn more about a wa- using a water treadmill for their particular horse, I know you, you definitely recommended that they talk to their vet. Are there any other resources that, um, that people should know about? Yeah, they can also go to the the equine hydrotherapy working group website and um, you can send an email there and we can answer it or we can bounce (laughs) it off to someone in the world who's maybe a little bit closer to where you are to give you a hand. Um, But I think there's lots of really fantastic operators out there. There are lots of vets that work closely with these facilities as well. So I think there, there really is a wealth of information out there. Um, even if some of it's not yet published, people have incredible backgrounds using these tools. And I think if you have any questions, um, everyone is is more than happy to talk about these things. It's it's more getting them to stop talking about it usually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Well, I think we can definitely include a link in the show notes um, for anybody who's interested in in learning more or getting in touch. And I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today, Percy. It was really fun and interesting. And I feel like I learned so much. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Percy. I'm sure that uh, our listeners will really enjoy this episode. And yeah, as Nicole said, I've, I've learned so much. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to speak with you both. The sponsor of today's episode is Barn Manager. Barn Manager provides easy to use management software that enables barns to improve the record keeping, scheduling, communication, and business management. With offerings starting at $10 a month, Barn Manager offers solutions for any size stable. Barn Manager is designed for barn managers by barn managers. They communicate with their users on a regular basis to see how their platform can grow and improve. Thanks to customer feedback, Barn Manager is preparing to launch invoicing, payment processing, and revenue tracking tools as part of a new subscription offering called Barn Manager Pro. Find more information on their website and sign up for a personal live demo to learn how Barn Manager can meet your barn's needs. Barn Manager also has a special offer for our listeners. Sign up for a free trial of Barn Manager at www.barnmanager.com and enter code PODCAST10 for 10% off the first three months of your subscription. Go and check it out and we'll have more details in a link to our podcast. Well, Nicole, I think that that was an absolutely perfect uh, episode to start off our Sport Horse podcast. Um, The information that Percy shared was just so relevant to the mission of our group, which is to uh, better the health and performance of sport horses. And I think that, you know, Percy did a great job of driving home the point that water treadmills and swimming, they're a very, very useful tool to employ, especially if it's done well and and in the right program, but it's not something that replaces all the other training as well. So I think that It was just a great message from her, and she really did a a super job of highlighting um, not not necessarily the weaknesses of those tools, but just things you have to consider in terms of if your horse has a certain issue, uh, it may not be suitable to use that uh, tool at that time, but maybe down the road. And yeah, I thought it was just a a great set of uh, great sets of information from Percy on uh, her research on the water treadmills. Yeah. I mean, any, anytime I talk to anybody about, you know, bringing barn manager into their barn, which is, you know, another tool, um, obviously a, an easier one to use than water treadmills. Um, but I always say like a tool is just that it's all about how you use it. And like Percy was just so great about really conveying that and, and the work that she's done is, is, 
you know, made, made water treadmills, um, such a more accessible tool for, for more people. So I'm, I'm so, it was such a fun conversation. Um, and, uh, for all of our, you know, future episodes we're we're just like super excited. It's the, the high performance sports group is giving us this, this chance to talk to so many great people, you know, our, our episodes will be available, um, every month on the, the 10th and the 25th. So, um, we hope you guys will, will tune in for, for the next episode that we have coming out, um, and, and follow us and rate us and recommend us to all your friends. And you can find the links to today's guests and show notes at sporthorsepodcast.com. And uh, we're also going to include some extra resources in there as well. So we are going to do some post uh, podcast notes. So we'll have some thoughts on uh, the tools that Percy discussed today and, and how they can be implemented in programs. We'll also have some links to the resources Percy mentioned as well, and also some links to our, our own social media pages as well as Percy. So you can follow her and, and follow along with all the cool research that she's been doing. You can have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio ne- Network with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android, um, which you can get by going to the app store and just searching Horse Radio Network. And a special thank you to our sponsor for this week's episode, Barn Manager. And here's to keeping your sport horses happy and healthy. 